Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Thanks for joining us again today, and happy midweek to you. Um, We are going to jump right back into part two that we're doing on fighting for fellowship in the church. If you remembered last week, um, we talked about, or we defined fellowship, what that is within the context of the church, Um, and and we have to realize we are talking about all of these things in the context of the local church. Um, But then we moved into what are those things we should be fighting for, and one was the idea of congregating together. One was worshiping God together, um, the ordinances, which would be the baptism, Lord's Supper, uh, and then just time. How do we make time for this? If we're going to fight for it, you got to make time for it. If you didn't listen to that episode, I encourage you to do it because I felt like it set us up to where we're going to go today. Actually, kind of runs up to absolutely right up to this, yeah. And with all of our <coughs> past series, we did this whole year pretty much on the church history, right. And then also Passion for Christ and, and our theme on Seeking Christ. We felt like this would be a good thing to talk about before we head into the holiday season to kind of wrap up a lot of what we've been talking yeah, about church this history, year. now it's church now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what is the church today? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to jump into number five. We talked four things last week, but today we're going to talk about number five in light of how do we fight for fellowship. We're going to talk about friendship. Okay, biblically, wh- I mean, God calls us his friend. Okay, we're friends with with God. We have friends. I think all of us in some ways know how to relate to that on some level, whether it's our relationship with God or someone we know here on earth that we've been great friends for years. But biblically speaking, when we say friendship and fighting for fellowship, what do we mean? Well, um, most of us have friends. Most. And some people don't. And and a lot of that is it's harder for some people to make friends because of personality. Some people have friends. Things like that. And there are a few people around who have no friends, mm-hmm. but most people have at least a friend or two, and some have multiple friends. They have friends at work. They have friends over sports. They have friends in their family. <clears throat> They're close to people in their family. So <clears throat> friends from the past and the present. My, our point here is this, is that we should cultivate friendships in the church. Um, we ought to make it a point to cultivate friendships in the church, to make some friends. You know, it's funny. We use the term make friends. That means you have to do it. You have to make friends. Oh, the friends. whole time aspect comes Will we face that. rejection sometimes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes it won't work. Well, that didn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work because we don't keep on. But I think what the writer Proverbs said, uh, if a man, would, a person, a man would have friends, he must show himself friendly. Or as mm-hmm. one translation, I think the New King James says, he must himself be friendly. She must herself be friendly. Yeah, because if you're always waiting on someone else to take the action, they're probably going through the same struggle you are. Well, yep. nobody really wants to do this. And I told that to somebody. It's been a while back. They were talking about fellowship and not feeling that sense of fellowship. And I said, well, you, you're <coughs> honestly, you are going through the same struggle everybody's talking yeah. about. The problem is nobody wants to take the step. To one degree or another, yes. To do what true. we need to do to yeah. get to that fellowship aspect that you're talking about. And I think friendship yeah. Developing friendship is a great place to start. I if I can relate to that. And maybe mm-hmm. I could help by being somewhat transparent on that. I am not the person who's going to step into a bunch of people and interrupt their conversation. Or, you know, I'm not what you call the the, the guy that's going to go to as much. But I've, that's changed over the years. We have a young man 
that uh, recently attended uh, P4C for the first time, young man, middle 20s or so, and but I made a point to, to talk to him. There's others I've made a point to talk to. Some have moved on. Some we have, you know, one or two become like a part of the family, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so while I'm not as apt to do it, I still do it. Mm-hmm. And you may be that person. You may be that person. You're not. You're just not comfortable just going up to people and talking. Right. But at some point, it's a step of faith. So it is, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to kind of go a little bit on the negative side on this to try to help define and give a full picture of a friendship. I, I do think there are times where some people just don't want to be friends with you. Oh, yeah. I think that's true. We tried. We've, yeah. we've given the time. And, and often something I've told my wife, because she struggles, she wants to just – be engaged with everyone and, yeah. and everyone to be happy with that. Yeah. And, and, and that's part of her personality. Yeah. Um, but I've often said, look, you've got these people over here. They're latching on they're, They want to be your friends. They want to spend time mm-hmm. with you. They're asking, like, go invest in them. Mm-hmm. And these, and this, I, this has been over the years. I've said this to her, these people over here, I'm not saying don't give them the time of day. I'm not saying don't talk to them. I'm just saying, these people want to be invested in. Mm-hmm. They're they're asking you to invest in. They're they're wanting to get together. Right. Still reach out. Keep trying to reach out to these people. Yeah. But don't kill yourself. Pray for them. Pray. Pray about for them. them. Yeah. Don't kill yourself trying to be friends with people don't who don't defeated. want to be friends. Yeah. Right. Because these people who want to be invested in, they'll be invested in. And I think biblically that's true. There have been times where prophets and and even Jesus himself said, "Just shake the dust off your feet and move on." Yeah. And, and in the church, we don't want to do that. No. But we do want to say uh, just what you said. We can keep praying for those. Yep. Asking the Lord to open the door. You're never disconnected. No. Yeah. While really investing in those who are open. And, you know, my wife's similar. She she wants everybody to like her. She wants to like everybody. And right. she meant she's going to, and she's pretty vocal about it, man. She just jumps right. into the conversation. Right, right. And, and some people go, oh, right, you right. know, they're not for that. But, but then. There are those. There are those, just like there are with other people. Right. And and we're not all going to be attracted to the same person. There are differences there, of course, but that doesn't keep us from pursuing friendships in the church. Yeah, there'll be some friendships that are <clears throat> deeper, some change over the years as you yeah. get older and exactly. different periods of life. But the whole idea is, is that you have to take and make the first step. Yep. There we go. As you said, fight. Be the change you want to see. You want to see. Yeah. Okay, so friendship. Um, what about exhortation? This one gets – I feel like we're building on each one of these. This one gets pretty personal. Obviously, you want to be friends with somebody before you start exhorting. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people may say, well, some of the stuff you haven't really spoken biblically about. Actually, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 have always been in the background of this. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're trying to do an exposition of it, but it's sort of been the the impetus for some of these things. In all of these things, really. And if you go back to that where the writer said, uh, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, as is the habit of some. And it says to exhort, if you go to chapter 3, verse 13, but exhort one another daily. Mm. Now, that's interesting. We don't get together daily, but there's yeah, but there's times that I there's text regular a interaction there. Yeah, I text a brother and I say, "Hey, I'm praying for you. I know you've been struggling with this or whatever it may be. Yeah. Or you you've been discouraged. Hey, just remember to be encouraged today. So, do this daily yeah. while it is still called today. Now, there's sort of sense of urgency. Right. Night's coming. Right. End's coming. And 
uh, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. There's mm. something about exhortation is to me is twofold. It's and maybe threefold. It, most time we think of exhortation as encouragement. It is encouragement, but it's more than that. It's challenge. Sometimes it's admonition goes mm-hmm. into that, where we warn. It can be a little tough. And <clears throat> we're even told in Scripture to, to strengthen the weak, to warn, the you know, to strengthen the faint heart. Do it in love. Warn others. Do it in love. Yeah. yeah, it's there in Scripture. So this this exhortation comes, I think, on the heels of these other things we talked about. If we're not, if we're not congregating, and no. if we're not worshiping together, and if we're not living life in the church – Taking the time to do it. Yeah. If these things, friendships, seeking friendships in the church, there's not going to be any exhortation. Mm-mm. Oh, you're going to pass by some guy and say, brother, be a witness for Jesus this week. And you go, what? He I witnesses mean, that everybody talks to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, right. No. These other things have built us to this point, this mm-hmm. exhortation, this challenge, this admonition, this, this uh, encouragement, too. I think there's kind of a two-way street here. On the exhortation side, there's got to be a willingness to give. And there's got to be a willingness to receive. Yep. You know, Proverbs, I think that's what we've been leading up yeah, to. Yeah, well, Proverbs talks about this idea of, of the person who's not willing to receive correction. Right. A lot of times it's talking about children, you know, but it doesn't matter. Right. If you're not willing to receive correction, then that's foolishness. You're never going to grow. You're never going to – because we have blind spots. We all do. We don't see what we sh- should be seeing. Yeah. And so we have to receive it and we have to give it. I think it's hard to give it because people don't often want to receive it. So if you take care of those two, you're willing to receive, then people are going to be willing to give it. If you are an open, receptive, transparent person, people will tend to be more so with you. Not always. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you're just always looking for something and saying, yeah, you really should be working on this. You should be working on this. That doesn't mean being critical. Right. It means being You know, I have have relationships with guys where – They've said, you know, brother, I want, anytime you see anything in my life, I want you to speak into it, you know, exhort mm-hmm. me on this. Yeah. I want to know. And what I often found is that when you're in fellowship with a brother in Christ, um, the the thing that is helpful is that because <clears throat> they're open, you often see God working in their lives anyway. And so what you're doing is, is just really kind of talking about it and working through it as they're already seeing it. Yeah. I don't – those type of relationships are, are very good. And then you know they're healthy. There are those times where people do things, and I've had to do it and call them out for it. But I do think if you have a good relationship with one another, it's not a, now you better straighten up. Yeah, I'm checking on you. This is a mutual encouragement. It is. Where yeah. you're going, I haven't seen that before. I'm glad you mentioned that. Good good thought. Now I can you know wrestle through yeah. that. And, and I think we have to bear that in mind. You'd be willing to receive it, willing to give it. Now you have fellowship. With one another. You're sharing yeah. in common, yep. as we've talked about in the previous episode. Yeah, which brings me that what what I thought of as you're saying that, and as we've been talking about exhortation, is the use of questions. Oh, those are awesome. Develop discreet. <clears throat> Jesus was good at that. Discreet and considerate questions. There was a book written I have read. It's on my shelf, and I, I want to read it again. <laughs> and you may be able to find it. I can't remember the author right now, but the, the title is The Eight Powers of Questions. And it's not written from any kind of a Christian viewpoint, as far as I know. But that book examines the issue of questions, what they do. When you know how to ask good questions, you can get to issues. You can mm-hmm. resolve issues. You can get into people's hearts and minds. And so I would say develop one or two questions, you know, to just think about these things. This is part of being an exhorter. The next one, which I think dovetails into this one real well, is the idea of honesty <coughs> or transparency. Yeah, honesty. And you- I think – 
in a I think people always been have difficult being honest and transparent. We want people to perceive us a certain way. Okay. Yeah. And if they're not perceived that way, then it's not good, you know, is, is the t- typical idea. And now with the idea of or the advent of several years ago, of social media. Right. That makes it even worse. Yeah. So there's this perception of what we want you to think I am. Even in, quote, being transparent, there's a perception of how I want my transparency to be. Social media does not require honesty. No. In fact, it, it, it almost uh, begets dishonesty. If I am in the same church with you and I know something about you over social media and not beforehand, that's a problem. It is a problem. And and it's a problem. It's a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> it is not walking yeah. in biblical fellowship. Now, Let's just put it that way. Our listeners will notice, I hope, that honesty didn't come at the front of this. No. You don't jump into a congregation no, can't. and start frankly telling them what you think. Right. You don't have that fellowship yet. Well, there's discernment also in who you do it with. It's That's not like you're just too. going around yeah. airing out your dirty laundry for everybody yeah. to hear. Yeah. So so this is number seven for a reason. And um, But we're told in Scripture, in the context of the local church, Paul says, let every man speak truth with his neighbor. And who's my neighbor? Mm. Well, my neighbor is who I'm a neighbor too, right? right? I mean, our neighbors in church context are our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So truthfulness, transparency, um, lack of deceit, honesty need to be a part of the fellowship. And it comes on the heels of these other things we talked about, this life lived in the church. To put a little more feet to this, I actually preached a message at Passion for Christ, which hopefully will be coming out here pretty soon, if not already, by the time you hear this. Um, on our Passion for Christ podcast right. that gets released. Those are coming out before the old ones are played, so those will be fresh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I preached on First John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. But within that passage, it talks about, you know, having fellowship with one another. If mm. we do not walk in the light as God is in the light, as he is in the light, then or if we do walk in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. So there's this idea of confession, and you and I were talking about this, and I don't necessarily mean or talk about in the context of this passage confession to one another. I think that's part of it. Right. And and there's other passages which you've mentioned that talk about that. James talks about confessing your faults one to another. This is talking about confessing to God my sin. So I do think there's this aspect of which we have to be willing to let the truth of God bear upon our hearts and confess our sins daily. If we are not walking in a sense in which we are confessing, knowing I've sinned in ways I don't even know, I don't even realize. Right. Forgive me, Lord. I know that <clears throat> you forgive me, and I'm, I'm asking you to forgive me. Lord, I have not spoke well to my wife. I have not handled my children right. I have not thought right here. I got my wife angry as Christ in, this, the church. Yeah, in yeah. this situation. Forgive me for that. I didn't get in the Word this past week like I should have. Forgive me for that, Lord. Right. I, I neglected the fellowship. If that's not part of our life, we will have trouble, one, being open and honest, number two, yeah. having fellowship. Yeah. Our own personal confession to the Lord begets mm. honesty and fellowship with the people of well, God. And John mentions those two things, fellowship with God, fellowship with his people. You want it? Walk in confession, a daily confession. This is part of seeking Christ. And so if you're going to be honest and open, you got to be open and honest with God. And what we're talking about is don't walk in sin. Don't yeah. walk in unconfessed sin. Yeah, and don't walk in in 
what is it, shadiness with lack mm. of clarity. Mm-hmm. Yes, yesterday would now be a couple of weeks ago, but um, a brother, younger brother, I'm old enough to be his dad, walked up and asked me how things were. I don't remember how he phrased the question. I was really just mulling over my own um, failures and sinfulness and some other things that were just kind of weighing on my mind. I said, I, I, I thought it's good. And uh, I said, yeah, I just, just got some things on my mind. And it, but as it turned out, I just went ahead and shared. Not, I didn't lay everything right. I was thinking <clears throat> out. But I just said, you know, I'm just going this, this, this kind of on my mind. And that kind of. You don't have to tell everybody every single little thought. And sometimes the details are not good because that can cause problems in other people's lives. It can. Yeah. I mean, it may not be something salacious. Right. It may just be personal. Right. And and But I was able to be honest with him. Now, I think, based on what we're saying here and biblical, the biblical data and how the Bible approaches this and the First John passage you're talking about, is that our openness with the Lord, our honesty with the Lord, begets an openness and honesty with the body. Yes. And I think that's kind of where you're going yeah. with that. Well, if you're not walking in the light, you're not going to have fellowship. Right. Walk and, in the and guess light. what? God's light. Yeah. He, there, it says in there, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Yeah. So if there's no if there's darkness in your heart, yeah. you're gonna have a hard time with God first of all, and then you're gonna have a hard time with His people who and, are walking in fellowship with Him. And if you don't put yourself under the light of God's Word and under the light of God's preached Word and under the light yes. of corporate fellowship and worship, you're gonna live in darkness. Yeah. So it's kind of a two way street there, tug at both ends yep. of the a rope, and and we need to expose ourselves to the light of God's Word and the light that comes with confession Absolutely. to the Lord. Yeah. Okay. So lastly. Number eight, we come down to the issue of love. We've kind of touched upon it. We've talked about it. But why would we use this one? I mean, I think everybody can kind of think of the answer to this, but why would we use this one to culminate our whole concept of fighting for fellowship? Yeah, you might have put it at the front. Right. Yeah. Is it that not the foundation of all relationships? But there's no basis for love if you don't have these other things. If you don't have congregation, what are you loving? Oh, well, or everybody. you don't have biblical understanding of why you should be doing. Why would you love it? Yeah. No. But well, but having said that, uh, love without love, genuine biblical agape love, these others are meaningless. Mm. It's interesting. I, I thought of a few verses, and they don't use the word love. But it's interesting what the writer of Scripture and the Spirit of God inspired. Um, you know that we are to pursue peace with all men. And holiness, etc., without which no one will see the Lord. But we're just pursue peace in the church. That 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 needs the love of Christ um, uh, as much as lies within mm. you. Live peaceably that, yeah. with all men, especially those who are the household of faith. Love the brotherhood. And most of us, most people, listen to us unless you're not um, have a background in the church and in the Bible. Know what First Corinthians thirteen is about? If I, if I, um, um, spe- you know, if I speak in sp- tongues, yeah, or or if I prophesy, do right. all these things, and and have not love, I am like a sounding gong and a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm just making noise. And um, with a, if I speak with the tongue of men and angels, and I don't have love, so. <clears throat> So what we're saying is we may congregate and we may we may make an out at worshiping, 
We may spend some time, at least give lip service, duty to it. time yeah. to, in the church, but not really love the brothers and sisters. Well, First John again, First John three sixteen says, "By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us." So we know that that's the basis for love: God and His Son yeah. Christ Himself. And we ought to lay down our lives right. for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Yeah. And I think that John talks a lot about what does it mean to be in fellowship with one another and what does it mean to be in fellowship with God. His whole premise there of, of really putting feet to the gospel, that's what we were trying to do here. Right. And if we're not fighting for this, if this doesn't matter to you, then I think it's time to do a heart check. Yeah. Why am I not doing it? I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm just saying you need to do a heart check. Yeah. Um, because this isn't. this comes down to the issue of what do you love? I can hear someone saying, but I don't have anything to give. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've had times when – Absolutely. Honestly – I feel like I've been given much more than I've given. Well, and, and is not that our position in Christ? But I, I, but I, I can I can see that. Here's what you give: you give yourself. Mm. You give yourself because that's what Christ did. There's a woman in our church, and she uh, she's not one of the cool people, right? And uh, but she loves people, and. She don't have that much, but she gives. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we can give ourselves. That's we right. can. We don't. You don't have much. That's that's understandable. And nothing's required to him who has nothing. But we all have something, even if it's just ourselves, our time, our prayers, um, encouragement, whatever it may be. And uh, this is body life. Yes, this is the body of Christ. Every member. Seeing itself as important, you know. I, you know, most of us don't think of our big toe as being all that important until it's gone. If it's gone, you're gonna have trouble walking. Well, you know, I got a big toe. This has arthritis in it. It's pretty important now. Right. I try to work out. I feel my toe. Right. You know. Now that's a kind of crude illustration. That's exactly what Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. One part of the body can't say because I'm not the hand right. or I'm not the foot, then I'm not part of the body. I don't matter. We're all part of the body. Right. This is body life. This is us. The church is us. The church are us. And we need to take this seriously if we're going to be the church, especially. There's some things coming. Yep. Lord, not stopping them. We, we, we ain't seen nothing yet. We need each other. And, and it could get real interesting. We're yeah. going to need the body. This is why we fight for fellowship. And the body's going to need us. Absolutely. Yep. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living. 
or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.